Hello, I am Matthew. Oh my god, my name is Douglas. Hi, I'm Malavika. And you're listening to Go, Go International! On this show, we'll be interviewing our international friends. Find out more about their home countries and perceptions of Singapore. Since you can't travel physically, why not travel through their experiences? On Radio, Radio Pulse, Pulse, the sound of NUS! Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Go International. Um, today Ooh. we have a special guest, her name is Akima, she's from Mongolia. Ooh. Ooh, Mongolia. But before we delve into our new guest, what do you guys think of our two guests from last week? Uh, so I thought the con- conversation from last week was really interesting because we've never had two guests at in the show at the same time. So it was a really nice um, dynamic going on there, I thought. I think one interesting thing that I learned from um, them was um, how sort of th- how we take our public sy- public transport system for granted because they were talking about how it takes like half an hour to an hour for a bus to come and I get irritated when the bus is like more than five minutes away. <laughs> so I think I think w- we really take for granted the fast MRTs and the buses and everything. So yeah, what about you, Matthew? For me, it's actually how interesting like we are so close to one another but yet our cultures and our food is so different. As they said last week, everything is whitewashed in Singapore which on hindsight, yeah, that's pretty true. Our bakute is white. Our Hokkien mee is white. And in a way, we don't really get to notice it until like they actually mention it to me and I'm just like, hmm, wow, actually, like we actually have so much in common but yet and we live so close to one another but yet we have this kind of like minor details that are differences which actually like you know contributes to each country having their own pride over food which is kind of interesting Douglas how about you? I don't know I, I, I think what was most like interesting to me right was that they, both of them were so seemed to have such like a strong sense of nostalgia and loyalty towards their own home country despite the you know like the many misgivings that they may have like so for example they talked about how um, you know like the education system isn't as good as Singapore um, you know, you can't really get any, you can't really get anywhere um, in without a car because you know public transport is so bad. Um, they talk about how you know um, you, you may face certain kinds of discrimination because you're from a particular race or etc. etc. And it, it it seems so strange to me that you know despite um, all of these, uh, and they also voiced um, their frustrations at um, the way that uh, the government was running certain things, right? But it it seemed interesting to me rather that despite all of these uh, shortcomings, they had such a strong sense of loyalty to the nation, right? Like, when you ask them, like, do you feel like you will continue working in Singapore after this, or do you think you'll go back to Malaysia? I mean, they did say that they would probably consider working in Singapore purely because of the economic benefits, but they also said um, that, you know, Malaysia was a great place to live, and that they really, really missed their families, and, and they really, really missed like, home, right? Which is, I think, a bit contrasting to Singaporeans because all these in it when I'm not sure how widespread this is but I don't it's very rare that you hear Singaporeans have the same level of like loyalty to nation you don't ever hear Singaporeans say oh I want I love Singapore so much it's just yeah people just don't really say that but then you know Singapore is like the complete opposite you know like we are super clean we're super efficient and, and, and everything you know works well so that's what I found like quite striking you know that 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 people could feel so much loyalty despite um, the, the amount of like, um, problems that they may face in their home country. 
what what do you think is is very exciting about um our guests uh, today um Melvin and Mala because she's oh by the way she is from Mongolia right so and as we discussed earlier that's not like a very um what's the word for it like a very mainstream uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? What, what do you I, think? You yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a country that's possibly less discussed. I think like we, it's not, you know, often brought up in like pop popular media or you know just generally. So I think I, I'm really interested to you know hear what the lifestyle is like, what the culture is like, because yeah, I, I, yeah, she's from there, and I think we should really bank on this opportunity to learn about a whole new place yeah and i think something that's very interesting as well is i'm pretty sure we don't know the capital of mongolia if you do please let us know douglas do you know i should say that i wish that i knew but unfortunately <laughs> yeah so you know we we know we know so little of this country and you know we always think like it's a less developed country i don't know that's 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 my pre-notion of it but yeah, I mean, it's as Mala said, like it's very interesting to hear like what the culture is, and you know, from somewhere so sparsely populated like Mongolia to moving to Singapore that's so urbanized, so concentrated. I think, yeah, I, I would love to hear what she has to say, lah. And and personally, for me, I think that it's really important to have representation from places like Mongolia in order to you know dispel some of the maybe false stereotypes that people have of certain countries, like because you know. I think because of lack of exposure to people from these countries, right, we only have exposure from very limited sources. So if you ask me, like me personally, like the only thing that I've, only media I have ever consumed about Mongolia is like history classes on Genghis Khan and hordes of soldiers, like hordes of barbarians like slaughtering people. But like, that's literally the only thing I know, like people riding on horseback shooting stuff. But I'm sure that Mongolia is so much more than that, right? Which is why I think it's so important to the people to have representation. Okay, hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Go International. Today we have with us a very special guest from Mongolia. Her name is Agima. <laughs> So, Agima, why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself? Uh, hello. Um, I'm not sure if I'm a special guest, but um, yes, uh, my name is Agima. Um, I'm from Mongolia. So, um, yeah, I think um, um, I think Mongolians are pretty underrepresented everywhere we go. But um, yeah, I think um, when I first came here, I would introduce myself and they'd blow where you're from. And I'll be like, I'm from Mongolia. And a lot of people would be very like surprised. And they would ask me a lot about Mongolia because they really don't, because a lot of people don't know a lot about Mongolia. But um, it's been, but yeah, it's been really fun, like introducing Mongolia to my friends and to even like faculty and to like everyone, everyone I meet. Um, so, so I'm excited to share more about my background and my experience here as an international student. Mm. Okay, that sounds great. Well, uh, you know, like, as you mentioned, and um, which is very true, right, there, there aren't many, there isn't like a lot of exposure like to people from Mongolia, right? So why don't you start by 
um, you know, comparing Singapore to Mongolia, what, what are some of the, like, the differences and do you know, describe them? Okay, I think one of the most obvious ones would be the climate. Um, yeah, so Mongolia has like four seasons and it's like very harsh conditions. So we have, um, our summers are, I guess, the same temperature as of Singapore right now, like 30 degrees. And winter is basically negative 30, it can sometimes even be 40. So it's really just um, crazy, like 60 degree differences from winter to summer. Um, so, so yeah, um, that would be one of the main differences. Other than that, um, I think Mongolia is a pretty, like, um, small country, like, population-wise, we only have 3 million people, and actually, when I tell that, people are very surprised, because, like, by, I guess, land, by area, Mongolia is considered pretty big, but we only have 3 million people, my city capital, Ulaanbaatar, has 1.5 million people. And I thought that was, like, pretty crowded and pretty rigged, you know? But then I came to Singapore, and it was, like, five, six million people in one city, and I was like, whoa. But, yeah, I mean, so that's um, amazing. And I think for Mongolia, um, I really appreciated how, um, you know, even though you're living in a city, if you want to go out of the city, right, if you're, like, really stressed out, you're tired, you're just like, okay, I want, I don't know, I want, nature wherever um you can just like go out of the city anytime and you could just like go to and so like go to the countryside anytime you want so a lot of mongolians actually do that uh for a lot of holidays we just go out actually travel a lot in the in the country um and we have like very nice scenery we have different like um environments i guess we have the gobi desert um, but then we also have like mountains. You also have like grassland and everything. So I kind of um actually miss that when I'm in Singapore. Um, yeah, just like being very, I don't know, like open. But but yeah, Singapore has been treating me pretty well so far. So I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it, it's a difference. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So you mentioned a lot of you know geographical differences and weather and you know the urban versus the suburban um so i wanted to know you know how is singapore different lifestyle wise because we lead a pretty busy life you know it's, it's all hustle and bustle every day so is that the same you know is that the same lifestyle in mongolia or do you guys have a more laid-back lifestyle uh how is it we were actually fun fact i only learned about chiasuism yesterday um so so i guess that's what you mean by singapore having like the intense like hustle bustle um so i think actually mongolians generally do have a laid-back personality um like when i was you know um i guess like i guess personally i used to be very like high key about like academics and what whatever but um my aunt aunties would be like when like before I came to Singapore, they would be like, oh, it's fine. Like if Singapore doesn't work, you know, if you don't like it, then just come back. You like just drop everything and come back. Like that's the kind of, I guess, attitudes a lot of people have. And um, actually like, I, like I would personally never do that. I could never, but like, I just really appreciated that laid back attitude. Um, but I, but it's not like that everywhere. I think, especially in the younger generation, I felt like there was more like, a competitive um environment for me 
um, at least from what I've experienced and with like, you know, with us being more exposed to, you know, um, more opportunities, right, to like studying abroad and everything, obviously like um, students will become more competitive in that sense. Um, other than that, um, yeah, I think I think we're pretty chill, chill country, yeah. In that way, I think it's also different from Singapore. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I would say like, you know, from our pre-notions, I think like we lived in Singapore like so so much hustle and bustle, we're so tired, we're always working and seeing like Mongolia like pretty late back. I think that's that's kind of refreshing to see that. And and maybe out of my curiosity, like what do you all like, you know, do on your day-to-day there? Because like just now as Douglas mentioned, also horse riding. <laughs> Is it a very, very big thing in Mongolia? So what's the big thing in Mongolia? Uh, horse riding. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Am, am, am I wrong? <laughs> um, so I think, okay. Um, I think in the city, right, our day-to-day life would be pretty similar to here. Um, but actually, now that I um, remember, um, traffic is crazy in Ulaanbaatar. So I was actually surprised when I came here because I don't know, I always associate like, hustle bustle cities you know with like a lot of traffic but I was like really I I mean pleasantly surprised here because there was not much traffic and I was like wow this is actually a thing (laughs) but like back in Olambasar like um in the mornings right during rush hours um when I was in high school um I would like at least take an hour to like commute to to school but I mean it's not like I live far away from my school as well right it's pretty close but would still take an hour um by transport and everything um so yeah everything else is pretty similar in the city but um I think since half of our I guess population also don't live in cities um they still have that like um I guess nomadic lifestyle going on um those people um yes they do you know ride horses like that that is an integral part of their lifestyle they still you know live in um the traditional like yurt gears it's called uh in mongolian um and you know do all the traditional stuff but also we've been seeing a lot of um i don't know like modernization in the countryside as well um people would perform settlements over the nomadic lifestyle, you know, more than horse riding, they would do motorcycles and all that stuff. So so it is getting pretty modernized. Um but at the same time, you know, like um I think we do have a stereotype, I guess, uh that that we like ride horses. I personally can't, but so yeah, Agima, I just want to talk a bit more about like you know that nomadic lifestyle that you just talked about. So maybe for some context, um, you know, Singapore, the Singapore of to- of today is really different from the Singapore of like let's say sixty years ago, right? Because, um, people last time in Singapore used to live in what we call kampongs or like really open uh, villages where there's a lot of space, lots of like chicken, like and, and like pigs and, and farm animals running around, and like they basically lived in like a semi jungle environment, right? But in the 1960s, the government here wanted everyone to move into high-rise um, apartment flats called um, HDBs, right? So they basically uh, demolished a lot of these like um, villages and moved everyone into high-rise apartments. And uh, there was a lot of problems because a lot of people weren't used to living in, in like really cramped up um, high-rise apartments. So um, the problem of elderly suicide was, was like very rampant in the past. 
when they force everyone to drastically move into high-rise apartments, right? So, you know, bring that into Mongolia, right? If I'm not mistaken, I think Mongolia used to be a traditionally, it's like a nomadic um, culture, like, like you're nomadic peoples, right? But then I suppose, you know, with urbanization and everything happening, people started moving into high-rise apartments in Ulaanbaatar or whatever urban settlements around the country, right? So were there any, like, dislocations or, or problems occurring when a nomadic culture in Mongolia was encountered with um, urbanization? Um, yes, I would uh, say so. I think one of the most, I guess, pressing issues is just like loss of our culture, you know? Um, nomadic lifestyle has been so integral to the Mongolian identity for so long, right? Um, a lot of like, like, I guess, iconic or like the most well-known uh, Mongolian stuff are all related to the nomadic culture, right? And I guess also it's a lifestyle. So a lot of the values that we have, you know, as a as a society also come from our lifestyle. So I think with um uh and a lot of our traditional practices also is related to nomadic culture. So when we start losing that aspect, when we start going into settlements, um, you know, a lot of people have been saying that we've we've been losing a lot of culture as well. And um, I think one thing is that we were um, communists until like the 1990s, right? So I think um, we were communists for a few decades. So throughout that, like, um, you know, there's, there was a lot of like ideologies going around, right? Justifying com- communism and everything. So I guess in that way, um, people now like, I think are okay with urbanization, honestly. Um, but I think a lot of elderly people are still very, very much... Um, I don't know, nostalgic about the past and about the nomadic lifestyle. Um, um, but I'm, I, I think, unfortunately, I don't think the youth are as, as I, obviously, they've never experienced it, right? So they're not as nostalgic. And also because, um, I guess, people think that, like, all opportunities are only in the city, Mulambatar, um, the youth are more willing to just, you know, let go of their nomadic um, practices to go into the city. So it's something uh, we've been observing for a while now, and it's very sad, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I think it's similar, I guess, to Singapore in that way. I mean, okay. did you... Sorry, sorry, before that, I just want to ask a quick follow-up question. Like, did you um, give up your novella last time and move to the city, or were you always from the city? Yeah, I was always from the city. My grandma was the one who kind of moved from a nomadic lifestyle to the city. But she did so when she was young. But like when whenever she talks to us, right, she will always like um talk about her childhood in such like, I don't know, like colorful, you know, she would paint like a really pleasant, colorful like um images. And I guess from that I just kind of thought that the more elderly, you know, people were more like nostalgic about the past. But I think a lot of youth like me, they've like born, they were born into the urban city and always grew up there. Okay, so on the topic of cultures, um, it was, did you have any culture shocks when you moved to Singapore? Was there anything that was striking and ve- like vastly different from what you've seen in Mongolia? Um, I think 
I was, I did go through a phase of culture shock, not gonna lie. I mean, I was not expecting it. Like when I was, before I came here, I was like, oh, it's fine. Like, because I came to Singapore like a decade ago, actually, for like travel, right? And a decade later, I come back and I'm like, it's, it's fine. Like, what, what can I, you know? Because like, you know, obviously I was like exposed to like, Singapore and everything so I was like okay it's fine but when I came here I think just like everything changed for me you know like even like simple stuff is like transportation right now I need to like think of like the MRT my my you know my car and everything and where to go like when I first came here I didn't even know like am I if I want to go to the east am I supposed to take the Pepe risk or am I supposed to go to the other side I don't know like everything was so different right so I guess that all contributes to like my um culture shock um other than that like specific things um would be actually singlish was pretty difficult for me not like oops did I did I just freeze okay but anyway singlish was um actually uh a part of the culture shock because um at first I really couldn't understand singlish like I'm being very honest so I was just like what are what are these people telling me and you know when I went to hawker centers I would be so intimidated because like the aunties and uncles would start like talking to me and I wouldn't understand anything and I would feel so bad if I kept asking them what they meant you know so I would just be like okay I would just say okay and I would and I would be like pay law and I would pay my stuff and I would just go I'd be like okay but <laughs> but I think <laughs> but now I think I'm I got pretty used to singlish, but at times I'm also like, mm, I I don't get it. But I'm more comfortable like ask, like telling them that I don't understand it. And so like, okay, so this one I'm also very curious to know. So like, um, what are your perceptions of Singapore um, before coming here, and how has it changed since like now you're living here for the past the past year or so? I I assume, yeah. Singapore, I think, um, I think I was expecting like the intense, um, I guess work culture, academic culture as well. Because even when I was giving my A levels, right, my my like teachers would be like, oh my god, like I don't know, Singapore A levels, like they have their own A levels or whatever. And I be like, oh wow, that's kind of crazy. And so, but yeah, but like when I was expecting that, but when I actually came into it, I was. I was also like, wow, this is this is pretty intense, you know. Um, but but I guess that was to my expectations. Other than that, um, actually, everyone kept telling me that you know, oh my god, like Singapore is small, you're gonna get bored or something. But then actually, thus far, I still haven't really explored all the places Singapore has to offer, and it's, I'm still not, you know, bored. But like at the same time, it might be because I'm like a foodie, you know, like I go outside to like restaurants to eat food so there's so much wealth of like food here you know like different stuff so so that was a nice surprise I'm still not um you know uh I'm bored of this city yet so that's amazing um other than that do you guys like you know have know of any like general misconceptions of Singapore I can't I there was one time I was, I was like traveling to Europe right and then I was in the, the airport customs and then like the, the guy was like checking my passport and then he, he saw the word Singapore and then he was like oh you guys very rich oh money money that was like 
Bro, is that what you think of Singapore? There's a lot of poor people in Singapore too, you know. Like, it's not just all money, money. <laughs> is okay, that what you yeah. think too? Yeah, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know, because, I mean, Singapore actually, like, portrays itself as a very, as, like, an economic hub, right? Like, and I guess yeah, any country has, um, like, a rich, you know, upper class and, uh, I guess, I don't know, like, people who are struggling. Um, but I guess just, like, um, the stereotype is that most people, I guess, are very, like, rich and, like, and whatever. Um, I guess I wasn't, that didn't really come into my mind before I came here. I wasn't like, oh, my God, like, every Singaporean I meet is going to be, like, super rich. What am I going to do? But, like, I don't know. Yeah. You're talking about crazy rich Asians, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. That movie as well. Okay, you can blame it on that movie as well. Like, seriously, my even my mom, right? Even my mom was like, oh, my God. We watched Crazy Rich Asians. Do you remember? And stuff like that. Mom, that's like, that's like 1% of the population. Please. Yeah. Yeah, your mom is, is, is so right. Well, anyway, we've come to the end of the first segment, but do stay around um, while we take a short break for the second segment. See you all in a bit. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to uh, uh, the second segment of Go International. Thank you for... Um, you know, waiting patiently during the break. But uh, we were talking uh, to our guest, uh, Gima, during the break, and she had some very interesting tea to share about her home country and how she was almost arrested. So, Agima, uh, take it away. Oh, my God. Guys, okay, so it was it was last year, okay? Uh, it was last spring, and it was, I think, April or... No, actually, it was during the summer. And so, uh, Mongolia, because we're right above China, right? So with, with the news of coronavirus, like we literally shut our borders like at the start of May. Oh no, I'm kidding. At the start of January, right? So like, um, so I guess now we've been almost like been in and out of lockdown for like a year and nine months or something like that's crazy. But anyway, so we were doing that and our school became online, right? And then, and then we were like all so happy. We we're like, yay, no school. But then it ended up like going on for four or five months, and then we had to graduate online as well, right? So it was such a bummer. Like we were all like, obviously, no one wants to graduate online, and it's like also, I guess it's a big deal. I guess like you'll never, you know, go to high school again. So we were just like, guys, what can we do, right? But at the time, like it was actually. I guess illegal, I guess the COVID rules were like you can't, you know, meet in groups or whatever. Um, but like we were, you know, innocent high schoolers, we were like, yay, let's meet up. So so our friend, I don't know how, he had this like empty apartment, right? And then um we went there and I guess like on our way there, I guess like like literally the aunties in that apartment saw us, right? And they were literally like glaring at us while we were walking. And we didn't think much of it, right? We were just like, okay, it's fine. Like aunties being aunties, they were just like glaring and be over with it. And then we were just like in the in in the apartment, we were just like talking and like also um boys being boys, right? They like um took out like alcohol and like stuff like that and whatever. But then, you know, like we, there was like music and stuff. But then um, someone telling me was like, yo, someone's knocking on the door, right? And we were like, oh, 
school like who like no one's invited no one's supposed to come but then it was like we were like okay like turn on the music let's just act like no one's there it was kind of stupid like obviously people were in there like with all their music but we're just like okay let's act like no one's here but then it was like incessantly knocking right like we couldn't ignore it anymore and then one person goes out to like open the door and boom it's the police outside the door right like actually like it was like three policemen and we were just like oh no first of all we were like illegally gathering i guess um but it, it wasn't like as strict as singapore with like oh like um fines or whatever it was like a covid regulation but but like i don't know police were supposed to like uh, enforce that i i don't know but like police came um and then it was really stupid i was just like guys like like hide the hide the freaking alcohol right so i like i like i literally put it in like people's bags and stuff right and then they they come uh and they they look around and we're like oh like we're sorry and, and i was i was class president at the time okay so i had to literally talk to the police <laughs> as a representative of my class because no one else would talk to them so i was like oh we're so sorry like we're just some high schoolers like you know we're teenagers like please excuse us like i literally begged them to let us go okay and so they're like okay like you guys can go right so like the girls go off and um the guys stay there and they're like okay we're gonna go soon but then the guys after we left they start calling us right and then we were just like uh, we answered them and they're like the police are still here and we were like why like they told us to go just go right so no but like oh like one of our like dumb boys like while he was um taking his bag he spilled the alcohol all over the floor okay so now the police <laughs> they were drinking alcohol <laughs> so they were like oh and you know what oh my god I was so mad at the time they the guys told them that they were they, that they were not the ones who were drinking it was the girls who were drinking the alcohol like seriously oh my yeah, god so the, so and you know like drinking age in Mongolia is 21 right we're all not 21 so they're like okay like call like bring back the girls or like we're taking you to like the police station right and them being also very like scaredy cats and not being able to handle the situation um they're like they like start calling us they're like come back come back and then we literally had to come back because like they were on the brink of tears okay like their like voices were like shaking and stuff and i was like guys am i i was like literally like the smallest of the group okay and i was like and i had to like represent all these like um like last year like 17 yeah so i like no yeah 17 um so like that happened and then i came back and the police were like oh like like i i trusted you stuff like that right like i trusted you i I believed in you but you broke my trust now i have to take you to the police station and so they literally named like the boys right they named dropped like four other girls besides me and now we're the perpetrators we're like oh we organized this whole you know gathering we bought the alcohol we were the ones drinking the alcohol and stuff like that so i'm literally being accused right but like the guy are about to like literally cry so I, I felt bad so I was like oh my god I want to actually go into the police station and I have to if I go to the police station I'm I'm underage so I have to call my parents 
right? And the police are going to tell my parents that I was like drinking alcohol um, and stuff. Um, so I was just like, how am I going to deal with this? So my heart, my heart is racing and everything. Like literally the police were like sitting in the chair and we're all like lined up in the group. Like we're like, I'm so sorry. And I keep, I almost begged them to let us go again. But then luckily, like one of the guys like called his brother or something and he came and then he basically just like, um gave money to the police and they're like okay we're we're off <laughs> and <What>? i'm sorry <laughs> Wait, you can just bribe them like that bribery always yeah. works <laughs> yo actually okay one thing okay like bribery is a is the thing in mongolia i guess like for example if you if you break like a minor like a law i guess like drive when you're driving you speed up or something and it's pretty minor you can just be like you can just talk to the police and i guess them yeah and be like oh oh brother oh brother and stuff like that and they would be like okay fine whatever you go um so so that happened but that was the scariest time of my life because also that time I was applying for entry approval into Singapore right so imagine if I have like a like a criminal record or something and I and I don't think Singapore would give me entry approval if I have a criminal record so I was just like oh my god and I got so mad well, actually, I didn't talk to them for, like, a solid month, right? I was like, y'all, no, no, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a juicy story, I guess. Oh, my God, that's so interesting. I, I, I didn't know that. So, like, your brother literally just, like, paid off the police. I mean, like, like your friend's brother paid off the police. Yeah, and, and it was, like, when, if it, when I converted to Mongolian currency, right, it was just, like, I think $50, $100? $100. That's all? Yeah, it was, it was, I guess, not bad. And they were just like, okay, we're off. Don't do this again. The most worth $100 of anyone. Oh, yeah. Bro, tell me about it. Oh, my God. But I also, I was, I after that, I was thinking, right, like, who might have reported us, I guess. And it was just like, I was just like, the aunties. The aunties. At it again. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe um, shifting gears onto a lighter topic from bribery. Um, so uh, you mentioned that you're a big foodie. So have you tried, I'm sure you've tried a lot of Singapore food, right? Local food. So what's your favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite? Okay, I I like laksa. Um, I love laksa. Um, I like young tafu. Uh, I like, I guess, Mala is not a Singapore thing, but I only tasted mala after I came here. But I, I'm such a big mala person. Like, I get dala, okay, guys. Like, that's how much I love spice. Oh, dala. <laughs> yeah, no, I think because when I first came here, everyone was like, oh, like, you should try mala, mala, right? So I assume that Singaporeans had, like, really high spice tolerance. But literally every Singaporean I know, they get dala. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> I can't even taste spice in there. But I love those. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, I ate too much chicken rice when I first came here. So I'm, now I can't. I'm just like, guys, I'm over it. Yeah, and um, do you want to... I'm not well aware of the Mongolian cuisine. So maybe as someone who wants to try the cuisine, do you want to recommend some dishes some popular things? Um, I think popular things in Mongolia 
mm, let me think. Traditional food would be like we have um dumplings. Mm, so I guess that that's I guess things people are used to. So will be easy on the palate, I guess. Um, other than that, we have potato salad. It's really popular in Mongolia. I oh my god, when I came to Singapore, I missed potato salad and that dumpling. Like oh my god, and okay, Singapore. Okay, I'm just gonna say this. Singapore beef quality, guys. I was like, mm, I miss beef. I miss Mongolian beef. Like, yes, it's a it's a different level. So I guess I would just recommend beef. I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. So not just one dish. It's the is it the style of cooking of beef, or is it like the meat itself? The meat itself. It's the quality of the meat. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I Mongolian is okay. Whenever like um. I, any Mongolian would be proud of the quality of, the, of Mongolian beef. It sounds so sad, but it's actually, it hits really different. Like, you will know when you try it. And so, like, whatever dish you make with that beef, like, it just tastes amazing. So, any any type of food with beef, I would recommend. Okay, that's nice. So, so you said you get tala. Is it actually, is, is Mongolian food actually really, really spicy? Mm. No, we our food is pretty bland actually. We just we season it with salt and pepper. <laughs> That's how it goes. But but um, I actually couldn't really. I did. I had a really low spice tolerance when I was in Mongolia because I always didn't really eat um spicy food. But um, Korean food is also actually really big in Mongolia. There's like a lot of Korean restaurants in Mongolia. So I guess because of that, I started eating a lot of spicy food. And when I came here. I don't know, like, I I just got so much into, like, spice. And also, it, spice really helps me manage my stress, I guess. So, like, doing, doing exam weeks, like, I would just be eating dala. I would be in U-Town, just, like, find me at, in front of the mala stall. Yeah. What, what do you affect your digestive system? <laughs> no? Yeah, no. I, I'm so used to it. I'm adapted to the spice. Like, wow. after ma- after Dala, like, I don't get stomach aches. Like, everyone's surprised at that. I don't know. Like, it's just me and my stomach. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's it. I just want to, um, you know, bring back to the, the a little bit, a segue into the, like, the, the time that you're in rest, right? So, you said that you were drinking, and then you said that you were, the, the, the boys also, like, set up music, right? But what kind of music do you all, listen to at parties like, like do you all listen to like Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande and stuff or, or is it like I saw this documentary once where like these two Mongolians are doing like throat singing or something like is that what you all listen to at a party I don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay no first of all no we don't listen to them singing at parties oh it's, I don't know it was really funny when I imagined it um uh no I think um Actually, we listen to a lot of like hip hop stuff. Like you would hear like I don't know like Kendrick Lamar and like stuff like that and like clubs and like parties. Um, um, yeah, and I guess Mongolian hip hop. I don't even know if it's hip hop or something, but like Mongolian, like that scene in Mongolia is pretty big now. So I guess we used to listen to that. Um, from like my parents' generation, right? Um, that would be like I don't know the 80s so I guess in their parties they would listen to like disco songs 
I don't know. Like I, I like I'm just basing this off of my parents' music taste. It might not be accurate, so um, I'm not sure. But um, throat singing that's a like that's a traditional thing, and we had this like um band called The Who recently that was like that got really popular abroad, and like I was talking to a friend recently, and he was telling me about like how he heard that that band he was like oh like throat singing is it also like can you do it is it popular in Mongolia and I'm like no no like I can't do it okay it is pretty um a lot of people do actually learn throat singing and it's like a very traditional thing um but yeah we don't listen to that part also but but you guys at least have like like um like a national pop or like music scene because for example like South Korea has its own K-pop. In America, obviously, has like loads of like really famous celebrities. But Singapore just doesn't have. I mean, it it does, but it's like really really small. Like Singaporeans don't. We don't listen to our own local musicians. Like we listen to, I don't like like disco songs and whatever. Like Justin Bieber. Like basically like a ton of people from the West and from South Korea and Japan, right? So, does Mongolia have its own music scene that people actively listen to as well, or is it just the same as Singapore? We just listen to all the normal celebrities. Okay, actually, um, recently I think there's been pre- a pretty healthy mix of local music and also like other global stuff. Um, before this, right, like a few years ago, it was mostly very like um foreign stuff like K-pop, um, like Taylor Swift, like Justin Bieber, all that stuff. We didn't really have prominent uh local musicians. Um, now I would say actually the local scene is thriving I, I was like really surprised um and but it's not usually pop it's usually like the the rap stuff like the hip-hop stuff actually um and I guess that's like the trend now um so I guess actually at parties you would hear like the local rap hip-hop stuff um yeah but I mean for me right when I was in Mongolia I actually didn't really use like listen to the local stuff but now because I'm so far away from home and I miss home I feel like also I could connect to Mongolia through music. So I've actually been listening to a lot of uh, local musicians. Okay. So, yeah, so now, now that I, I think we're almost coming to the end of this segment as well. And um, as a tradition on the show, we have to ask every guest this question. So um, have you tried durian and what are your thoughts? I have not. And that, okay, that is such a tragedy. I know. I know, rude. I know. I just, like, during season was recently, I know that. And I asked my friends, right? I was like, guys, like, let's go get durian. And one of my friends, like, she, she's also Mongolian, but, and the only, the first time she tried durian was, like, durian mochi or something like that. So, like, she didn't try, like, uh, eat. Uh, the durian, but like just try dessert, and she got traumatized by it. She was like, "I'm never, I'm never eating durian, guys. I'm never eating durian." So, so I couldn't eat. And one of one of my upperclassmen, he promised us he would buy us good durian and come back. But then COVID happened, and he graduated already, so he couldn't come to campus, and we couldn't get it. So, but yeah, I I want to try durian, guys. Okay, well, actually, you know, like, maybe after, like, the restrictions, like, die down, we can go out and go, maybe we can all go out for a durian or something. We can show you what real durian tastes like, not durian mochi, ew. Yes, thank you. <laughs> that's what, that's the 
what real friends do, guys. Try durian together, okay? Yes, you can try with Malavika. Malavika, haven't tried durian before. Yeah, I've been here for around 16 years and I haven't tried it either. <laughs> so... What? Really? You're missing out. <laughs> yes, you guys are missing out. <laughs> let's go out after after the restrictions lift and then we'll we'll both try. Definitely, let's do that. Okay, well, thanks so much for, for joining us on our show today. Unfortunately, the time is up and we are at, at the end. But um, do tune in for next week's session. And we thank you so much, Agima, for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you.